0: It's been a roller coaster ride, hasn't it? (laughs) It's been the ups, it's been the downs, there's been all kinds of things that that you could pinpoint maybe over the last several months, but here's the reality. Yeah, it's been very different over the last several months, but there's always something, isn't there? We always have our highs and we always have our lows, and so I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we're gonna have some highs and we're gonna have some more lows. We're going to see and and, and hear of stories of God moving, and then we're also going to be like, oh man, where is he? What's happening? So I want to just speak, and, and as we talk through a story this morning, you're going to see the highs and lows of the story we're going to look at, and I think we're going to relate so much to his highs, but also his lows. It's a man named Elijah, not Elisha. We'll talk a little bit about him next week, but Elijah, a prophet of God, meaning he's a messenger of God, meaning God gave him messages to go out and tell his people and say, here's what you're doing right, here's what you're not doing right, here's what God wants you to know. And as he was doing that, he had just, in a, the story we're gonna look at, right before it, he had experienced God in such an incredible way. I mean, he saw firsthand God show off. And from that, he goes from this high moment to right afterwards, he just goes into one of his lowest of lows. You might have heard me talk about this before, but the fatal four, have you heard not if you've heard me talk about the fatal four before? The fatal four, we see it in Elijah's life and we also see it in our own lives. And what I mean by a fatal four is when we experience all of these together, it's devastating when we experience one, but you throw all of these together and you find yourself in a low. So the fatal four are this, if you want to write them down, these are good indicators to know, oh, I'm in a low point. Just so you can be aware, so you know how to start moving through that. They're this, afraid, exhausted, discouraged, and alone. Been there, right? So Elijah had felt God and seen God in an incredible way. And then right afterwards, he was literally running for his life. Read through the story, 1 Kings 18, and we're going to be in 1 Kings 19. You see that where Elijah, after seeing God move, is now in this pretty low space where he is afraid. He's running for his life. He feels like he's all alone. No one's with him. No one's around him. He feels unbelievably discouraged, and that's probably what we're going to notice the most in our story this morning. Feels like everything that he had been doing isn't working out. Every plan that he made was failing, Everything he thought would go a certain way is now going the opposite way. Unbelievably discouraged and exhausted. Not just tired, like exhausted. You probably said that phrase, like, it's been a long day. It's been a long season. Man, it's been a long fill in the blank. It's just been so long. And what we mean when we say that is at the end of that long day, we don't do very well having conversations with people, do we? We're not in, in a good frame of mind to make decisions. We're not in a good heart and head space to help anybody else. It's just been a long day, leave me alone. It's just been a long day, I can't handle that right now. It's just been a long day, so like, you figure it out. He was unbelievably exhausted. I think that's where we're at. We could go through each of those of the fatal four, the afraid, the discouraged, the exhausted, and the alone, feeling of alone, and say, man, I'm either with all of those or at least a portion of those. So I want you to hear what God does for Elijah in his lowest of low. When he's experiencing all four of those at the same time, God begins to speak to Elijah. And here's that part. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11. The Lord said to Elijah, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. You're about to experience God's presence, in other words. Then a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains, tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, whispered to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? I pray you hear God's whisper this morning. And I think that question that God asked Elijah is the same question we could ask ourselves today. Why are you here? Not physically here or there. Those four things that Elijah was experiencing and feeling, why are you in that low spot? Why are you there? Is it because just things haven't worked out the way you wanted them to? Is it because you don't know what to do? Because it's out of your control? Why are you there? Elijah, what are you doing here? Let's ask ourselves that question, but be ready to hear the whispers of God. So let's pray right now. Father God, we come before you experiencing this roller coaster of life, of highs and lows, and for many of us, we find ourselves in a low. Even when we do experience and we find ourselves in those highs, it's still important that we listen to your whispers. We listen for your voice out of all the other voices we could hear from. May we quiet every voice and listen to that soft and calm and quiet whisper of you. Speak, Lord, for we are listening. So God asked Elijah that question. What are you doing here? What's happening? Why are you so worked up? Why are you so upset? Why are you running for your life? Like, why are you here? And I love Elijah's response. He says, well, I'm so glad you asked, God. Let me tell you what's been going on in my life. Here's what he says. Right after God said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, Elijah replied, verse 14, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword, and I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. Do you hear that in Elijah's voice of, well, God, I'll tell you why I'm here. Because your plan's not working. Because you sent me to go and talk to all of your people, and they're the ones trying to kill me. And God, I've been doing everything right. He uses the word zealous. That means passionate. That means excited. That means devoted and committed. So Elijah's telling God, I have done everything you, Lord God Almighty. I'm sure it looked like this when he said that. I've done everything you have asked me to do. I have sacrificed. I have been loyal. I have been devoted. I have been zealous. And they're not listening. They're not doing what I'm telling them to do. They're doing the exact opposite. And now here I am running for my life. So tell me, God Almighty, where's your big plan now? Because it's not working. Nothing is working. Life seems to be falling apart around me. My life seems to be falling apart around me. Everything that I'm trying to do is failing. And you hear it? And I'm all alone. No one's with me. No one's for me, no one's alongside me, no one. Oh, do you hear the low point? Do you hear that place of discouragement and fear and loneliness and exhaustion? That's how Elijah responds to the question, what's going on? So as God is whispering, right? I'm praying that we hear the same thing that Elijah heard. Right, we have a different context, like we could all relate to Elijah, but but what God is going to say to Elijah here right after this, I pray you hear that as well. It's what I have needed to hear and I pray it's what you need to hear too because in the midst of maybe, perhaps, one of Elijah's most discouraging seasons of life, God is gonna say a few things to him to encourage him and get him back on track. So obviously we're experiencing different things than Elijah, but what God is gonna to say to him I think is gonna to apply to us as well. So here's what I think we need to hear. The same thing that God spoke to Elijah. The first one is God is closer than you think. God is closer than you think. And let me tell you why I think that. Let me read through after. Right after you got through everything that Elijah said, well, this and this and this and that, and here's why. If you listen to, a, to God's response, it's pretty like, Okay, here's what we're gonna do. Listen to this part, starting in verse 15. This is after Elijah said, here's what's happening in my life. God comes back and says this, verse 15. The Lord said to him, "'Go back the way you came "'and go to the desert of Damascus. "'When you're there, anoint Hazael king over Aram. "'Then anoint Jehu over Israel. "'Then anoint Elisha to be your successor as a prophet.'" Jehu will put to death anyone who escapes the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death anyone who escapes the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouth have not yet kissed him. Just kind of matter of fact, here's what we're going to do next. So the fact, and remember, was God in the earthquake? Yes or no? No. Was he in the mighty wind that tore the mountains apart? No, was he in the fire? Was he in the whisper? Oh, yes. So as Elijah's getting all worked up on everything that's going wrong, God continues to whisper, here's what you're going to do. To hear a whisper, you've got to be close. God is closer than you think. God is near to you. Well, I don't feel like he's near to me. I don't hear him speaking. Because isn't it true that often we want God to be loud and we want him to be obvious and we want him to be super clear. Like, God, I just need you to be loud. But think about it like this. When someone you love, when someone you care about is struggling, is maybe experiencing one of those fatal four, they're feeling alone. They're feeling discouraged. They're feeling afraid. They're totally exhausted. Do you yell at that person? No, no. Think of what your tone would be like. When one of my kids is hurting, when they're scared, when they're tired, I get down on their level. Like, it's okay. Think of your tone in those moments with those people. You get calm. You get quiet. You become gentle. Because a whisper is comforting. A whisper speaks to proximity. I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. Is if you want to hear a whisper, you have to be quiet. If you want to hear a whisper, you have to slow down. If you want to hear a whisper, you have to lean in as close as you possibly can. You get right next to that person, and you listen. God, through the whisper, is reminding us in Elijah, I'm closer than you think. I am right here. So you have to be close to hear a whisper, and I promise you, God is right next to you. He's whispering. Oh, but I can't hear him, I can't hear him. Well, it's not because he's not next to you. The other part of hearing a whisper is you have to be quiet. Stop talking and listen to the one whispering. There's so many, but can we agree on this? There are a lot of voices out there. There's a lot of voices speaking to you and into you. And I'm not saying they're all bad. It's just a reality. There are a lot of voices that are jockeying for your ears. So we have to make room to hear the whispers of God because he is whispering, he is close. Sometimes we just don't realize it because we've got all these other voices and of course it drowns out a whisper. And we're expecting God to just come in through the fire or through the earthquake or through the wind. And he's like, no, I'm gonna keep whispering to you. I'm going to keep whispering. But you have to make room to hear the whispers of God. So let me suggest this. This might be worth writing down. I want you to do a plus sign, like think addition. Then I want you to do a minus sign if you want to take notes or write something down. Plus sign and minus sign. Because in your life, if you want to hear the whispers of God, you can really only do one of two things, or both. You can only add things and take away things. So what do you need to add to your life to hear the whispers of God? Let me just give you some suggestions. And you're in church, so I'm gonna give you some churchy answers. That doesn't mean they're not true. <laughs> quiet times. There's a reason they're called quiet times. So you can hear the whisper of God. Right? Maybe first thing in the morning, you just begin to listen to God through His Word. You spend some time in prayer, which is a dialogue between you and God. Maybe you begin to journal, writing down your thoughts to God. What do you need to do? What do you need to add to your life so you can hear the whispers of God? Now let's talk about the minuses, the subtraction. What do you need to take out or take away to quiet down the other voices so that the whisper becomes audible to you? Not necessarily audible here, but audible in your heart. There's so many other voices, and again, I'm not saying you get rid of those, but maybe you need to limit some of those. Maybe there's certain people that are just overwhelmingly, uh, being overwhelming with your ears and heart, and you need to just quiet some other people down in your life so you can hear from God. Maybe you need to adjust your time Who are you spending time with, and how much time are you spending with God alone to hear the whisper? There's a reason that God and Elijah had this conversation by themselves. Maybe you need to take some other measures and go a little bit more on the extreme side and cut some things out, truly eliminate it, subtract it completely from your life, maybe even for a season. You think the world will still continue to spin if you don't get on social media for a week? Nobody said anything in here online. Maybe that was a little convicting too, but I'm glad you're online on Facebook and YouTube so you can watch this right now though. <laughs> I'm just posing a question. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with our social media, but if it's so loud that you can't hear the whispers from God, well, now that is a problem. Are there things in your life you figured out, you're an adult, figure it out, but what do you need to add and what do you need to subtract so you hear the whispers of God? Let me pose this question, and then we'll move on to the second one. How different would your life be If you heard God whisper to you every single day, how different would your life look? How different would you feel? What would happen in your heart and in your mind? What kind of words would you use? What kind of thoughts would you think? What kind of passions and convictions would happen inside of your heart? How would you interact with the people in the world around you if you heard God whisper to you every single day? I would think it would look very different. So let's make that a priority. God is closer than you think. And he tells us that because he uses a whisper. There's your first one. Here's the second thing that God tells Elijah. He says, I've got this, I've got a plan. God has a plan. Remember uh, Elijah, when asked, what are you doing here by God? He goes through, remember that list? all those things that we would relate to well i was doing this and it didn't work and i tried this and it didn't help and i'm all alone and i'm by myself and nothing i see nothing that i do does it seems to really help anyone or anything i can't it's not working we fill in the blanks with all of those things right in other words the plan is broken god is what we feel and say and god comes right back very quickly but calmly and says well, no, here's what you need to do. And you remember the first part of that? The Lord said to him, go back the way you came. He says, go to this desert. When you get there, anoint this king and then this king. And then go and talk to Elijah, who's going to be your successor. And here's what's going to happen with Jehu. And here's what's going to happen. You see what he's doing? God's like, here's the plan. Do this, do this, do this, do this. I've got this. I've got a plan, Elijah. Now, here's the hard part the first part, the main part of God's plan, do you remember it? He tells Elijah after he just finished complaining, go back the way you came. God, you didn't hear me, did you? You must have not caught all of this. Like that's, it wasn't working. Like I'm running away from these people that are trying to kill me. Like I tried everything you told me, it's not working. And God says, Go back the way you came. I would have to imagine and believe that Elijah is looking for something different. He comes before God and says, God, we need a new plan. Let's, let's scratch it. Let's start over. Let me go in a different direction. Let me do something else because what I've been doing is not working. And God says, no, go back the way you came. Now, there are some different instructions. There's some very specific instructions. But the first thing that God tells Elijah is go back the way you came. Here's how I interpret that in my own life personally. And you've got to wrestle with this too. Here's how I interpret that. So easy do we get off track, right? Things happen in our lives. Things happen in our world. Things happen within our church. And all of a sudden it's like, well, it's not working. And this is happening. And this is happening. And God, we got to change everything. We need a new plan. God, God, God. And I feel like God has been whispering to my heart, Brian, the purpose is still the same. Go back the way you came. Go back to where you first fell in love with me. What did I tell you? Love God and love others. Mount Lake Church, that hasn't changed. We get off track sometimes, and I think God says, go back to the beginning. Go back to the way you came. And then we have to figure out, okay, okay, love God and love others. Now, how do I do that now? See, that's what God was helping Elijah understand. Go back the way you came, and here's your next steps. Go talk to this person, go anoint. This person, go meet. This person, go and do this. Very specific instructions. But go back the way you came. So Mountain Lake Church, go back the way you came. Go back to the moment you fell in love with Jesus. Go back to the moment that you first met Jesus. Go back to the moment that Jesus changed your life again and again and again. And then begin to ask the question okay, God, loving you and loving others has not changed. That purpose, that plan will not change. So, what do I need to do next? And I don't know any other way to do that than to pay attention to what he says in here. I don't know any other way to do just that. In fact, 2 Timothy tells us this about God's word, about scripture. Verse 16, Second Timothy chapter 3. All scripture is God-breathed. Could we almost say God-whispered? All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. That means doing the right next thing so that all of God's people may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, you're going to get in trouble if you use that and point it at somebody else. Well, I'm going to use this to teach you, and I'm going to use this to rebuke you, and I'm going to use this to correct you. No, we say, I'm going to use this to look at me. I'm going to use this to correct me. I'm going to use this to equip me, because that's what Scripture does. God's word is him speaking those next steps to us. Let me give you a few suggestions if you want to write these down because the next question I usually get when I say read God's word is I don't know where to start. Let me give you some starting points. See if one of these hits home for you. First one, maybe you start in Psalms. If you feel like you're all over the place, the ro- the roller coaster of emotions, start in Psalms. Well, I don't know where to start in Psalms. Pick one. <laughs> If you need me to answer that for you, I just don't know what to Start in chapter one if you need to. And if you didn't like chapter one, go to chapter two. If you didn't like that one, go to chapter three. Just keep going until you find something that speaks to you. Start in Psalms because you're going to hear the emotions of walking through life. If you feel like you don't know which way to go, left or right, and I need some help with discernment and insight and decision-making and choices, read Proverbs. We just finished up a series on Proverbs last month. Start in Proverbs. Maybe that's a great place for you to start. Well, I need to kind of just figure out how to, how to navigate life. I need to figure out like, how to treat people. Like, What am I supposed to do? Who am I supposed to be? Maybe you're wrestling with identity, especially with all these things that have changed. Read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because you're gonna discover, maybe rediscover who Jesus is and what it means to be like him. Find your identity in Christ. So to do that, you need to know who he is. So maybe you need to start in the Gospels. Pick one, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Maybe you're trying to navigate just life. Okay, I'm a believer, I know who Jesus is, my identity's in him, but there's a lot of things in my life and there's a lot of changes and a lot of problems and a lot of issues. Can I suggest Philippians and or Ephesians? Those are just great letters that Paul wrote to the early church to help navigate life as a Christian. People act like this, but I'm a believer, so how do I, oh, Philippians tells me to speak truth, or uh, Ephesians tells me to speak truth in love. Oh, okay, I get that one. Here's here's how I handle my family and and love my family in a Christ-like way. It's going to answer those relationship questions. So maybe you go through Ephesians or Philippians. Maybe you just need some very practical. If you're a list person, do this, don't do this. James is your book for the next season of life. (laughs) Start there. Just read James. James is very this, not this. Never and always, you're going to get that out of James. Read through James. James. Point being, if you want to take those next steps, if God has a plan and that plan really hasn't changed, this gets us back on track. And let me give you one last thing before we go to the next one. Maybe change your language a little bit in this way. Instead of I need to read God's word, what if you kind of flipped a switch and said, I need to listen to God speak. Instead of just reading the Bible, what if you were listening to him whisper? That's what happens when we get in his word. All scripture is God. What was the word? All scripture is God breathed. So God's closer than you think. He's near because he's whispering to us. He has a plan and that plan really hasn't changed. Last thing we discover and the last thing that God told Elijah, one of Elijah's biggest complaints, he says, I'm all alone. I've been doing this and I've been faithful, and this plan's not working, and I'm all alone. No one is with me. No one is for me. Everyone's trying to kill me. I'm by myself. God very bluntly and plainly says, Nuh uh. Elijah says, I'm all alone. And God says, Nuh uh. No, you're not. He says, verse 18. God says, "Yet yeah, I reserve 7,000 in Israel. You're not alone. 7,000, whether that's a literal number or a number that represents a lot more than you think, Elijah. There are many more than just you whose knees have not bowed down to play, whose mouths have not kissed them. You are not alone. I don't know how else to tell you, but you online, you in the room, you're not alone. Man, you can feel alone. In a room full of people, in a house full of people, you can feel alone, but you are not alone. That's why Jesus set the church the way that he set it up, to be a body of believers. We are together. We are with one another. The New Testament is full of that that phrase, those two words, one another. It's all throughout the New Testament because it focuses on the importance of being with one another. We are not intended to be alone nor walk through this life by ourselves. Let me put this on the screen for you. I would encourage you to take a screenshot, take a picture of it. We'll post it on social media a little bit later. Uh, but this is several, this is many, not all, this is many of the one another's that you will find throughout scripture. There's a lot of them. Like I said, and I'm not gonna go through all of them, but let me just highlight a few. First of all, all these come out of one phrase Jesus gave. He said, I give you this command, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love once again. One another. Everybody say those two words, one another. Because every single one of these, be at peace, be devoted, honor, live in harmony with, what is it? Say the two words, with one another. Stop passing judgment, encourage, serve. What is it? With one another. Look at this next one, bear with one another. You know what bearing with one another means? Bearing with one another says, I disagree with you, I'm not even sure I like you right now, but we're going to work through this together. I use that when I do wedding ceremonies, by the way. (laughs) Be patient. Be kind and compassionate. Submit. Forgive. Spur. What's the two words? With one another. Spur one another on. Encourage one another. Don't grumble against one another. Pray for one another. Offer hospitality to one another. Six feet apart unless they're your family. (laughs) All of these things in the New Testament that speak to here's how we interact with one another. Say it with me one more time. One another. One another. We need one another. God gave us one another. You are not alone. So in our low points especially, when we experience all or several of what I call the fatal four, afraid, exhausted, discouraged, feeling of being alone, God whispers these three things. I'm closer than you think. I haven't gone anywhere. I've got a plan, and that plan really hasn't changed. Can we be honest and say, maybe I just need to get back on track. Maybe I've lost some focus. Maybe I've kind of adjusted my priorities and they need to get back to what they should be. That's what God's word does for us. And he says, you are not alone. I have needed those three more than ever in the last four months. I'm sure you have too. So let me ask you to kind of, chew on those three phrases that God has whispered God's closer than you think but to hear the whispers of God you obviously have to be close and know him have you made Jesus your Lord and your Savior because if not you're probably not going to hear the whisperings of God you're not going to know whose voice is whispering is he your Lord is he your Savior is he your King is he your friend are you close to him as he whispers if not you start there Come near to God and he will come near to you, James tells us. He has a plan. Question: Are is, are you working that plan or your plan? Are you following his purpose for your life or are you just following your own purpose in life? Maybe we need to get back on track and start living his ways according to his word with his purpose in our minds and our heart. So maybe some things just need to change in your life so that it lines up with what he says, what he's whispering to you. Maybe you just need to be encouraged that you're not alone. Or maybe you need to evaluate the one another's in your life. I need some one another's. I need to be a one another to somebody else. All of those things hold true. So after God spoke all of these things, verse 19. So Elisha went from there Elijah, I'm sorry, so Elijah went from there and found Elisha, which was part of God's instructions to him. He went out and did it. So can I just tell you to keep going, to keep moving, to know that God is closer than you think, to know that he has a plan, we just have to make sure that we're working that plan and his purpose is true in our lives, that we hold on to that, maybe we have to get back to where we were coming from. And we're not alone. But in order to not be alone, you kind of have to take that next step, don't you? You got to stay connected. There's a responsibility on us on that. That's why Elijah went from there and found Elisha. He said, okay, I'm not alone, but I've got to keep going. So I hope God would whisper to you those three things, but I hope you would hear me, Brian, say this to you. Keep going, but keep going in the way of God. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for how you move in our lives and in the highs and in the lows. Thank you so much for loving us more than we could ever possibly imagine and definitely more than we ever deserve. I pray that we would have some honest discussion with you as we listen for your whisper. Oh, that we would quiet our lives as you tell us in Psalms. You say, be still and know that I am God. May we do that so we can hear from you. May we get our lives back on track with purpose and plan and live the way that you've called us to live in what we say and in what we do and what we think. May we look around and see that we're not alone. You are with us, and we have a family of believers that are united in you. In Jesus' name, amen.